Guys, thank you very much for joining me. Today, we're gonna to be talking about a biggie. We're gonna be talking about alcohol and how it pertains to fat loss. Now, what I'm not gonna to do today is I'm not just gonna tell you not to drink. That's not really me. That will be quite hypocritical. Um, what I'm gonna be doing today is to sort of help you understand what it is that you need to be doing in order to make sure that you're making as much progress as you can while still being able to fit alcohol into your lifestyle if that's basically, if that's what you want, okay? What we're gonna do though quickly is we're just gonna start with the main problem and hopefully most of you will resonate with this. The main problem for most people is that they're, they're worried that their alcohol is affecting their health, they're worried their alcohol is affecting their energy, they're worried the fact that, that potentially their alcohol is also um, sort of inhibiting their ability to actually make progress with fat loss, make progress with strength gains, and they're generally just worried that they're not quite in the right balance. So what we're gonna do today is we're gonna cover all the bases, we're gonna give you some simple frameworks, and I'm gonna make sure it's really clear that you know exactly where you stand with alcohol, so that you can always find that you know you make the right choice. The first thing though, is we're gonna make a very obvious statement, and that is, as far as health goes, Alcohol is no good for you. There is there is really no health benefit to drinking whatsoever. Um, there is a fair amount of downsides to drinking. And so it's really important that you kind of understand everything so that you can make an informed decision and so that you can actually, you know, make sure that you get it right and you feel like you're 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 in a good balance, as we said, and you're you're you can make sure that you're still making progress. What we're gonna do though, is it's not all bad. What we're gonna do is we're gonna start, first start by weighing up the, the pros and cons of alcohol, and then we'll, we'll go from there. So the first thing is, is that I think that there is a, a huge, and the, you know, there's, there's plenty of stuff that's been sort of researched into this in terms of psychological benefit from, from drinking. Now, obviously you don't have to drink to have fun, but lots of people find that alcohol enables them to sort of relax a little bit, socialize a little bit more, have a bit of fun, actually improve the quality of their relationships and generally adds that kind of, you know, relaxed social atmosphere to their life that they may be potentially lacking. So I think for a lot of people, alcohol in moderation does have an enormous psychological benefit which can be translated into, you know, if you're, if you're mentally, if you're happy, if you go out and you see your friends and you have a few drinks and you have fun, and you have a good time, that for me has an enormous positive benefit on your, on your overall life and your overall quality of life. So that is, for me, the main positive to drinking and one that you know, we shouldn't, you know, diminish or, you know, sort of look over because it's, you know, it's not, it's not cool to say alcohol is good for you. Um, the other thing that people talk about a lot is reduced risk of cardiovascular disease. This is true in that people who drink moderately seem to have less incidence of cardiovascular disease, so heart attacks, strokes, etc., than your, your average either non-drinker or more than a moderate drinker. However, that is mostly because people who drink a small amount tend to do other healthy things as well. Um, whereas the you know there are no doctors who are recommending that non-drinkers start drinking to reduce their risk of heart attack. The um, the best amount of alcohol to drink if you want to optimize your health is none. Okay, uh, so let's make that fairly clear. However, there are far reduced risks um, in terms of health from moderate drinking than from drinking a lot. So um, from the health perspective that is very much on a case by case. From now on, we're gonna be going forward on a fat loss and body composition perspective. So that's that's the way we're talking about everything. 
And from that, there are, as you can see on the right-hand side here, a fair amount of cons. And I'm gonna do my best to get through these nice and quickly um, whilst making sure that we've covered everything. So the first thing is that drinking lots of alcohol encourages your body to gain fat and definitely stops it from losing fat. And it happens through, as far as I'm concerned, four main things. The first thing is that it reduces your inhibitions, which means that you're more likely to act as in eat and drink impulsively and consume calories impulsively. Also, the environment and associated habits with drinking, for example, people tend to eat different kinds of foods when they're drinking. Um, they're more likely to say, go, you're never going to sober walk up to a kebab shop at two in the morning after having had, after you know, for no reason. Whereas people are much more likely to do that kind of thing um, you know, if, if they've been drinking. This doesn't, you don't necessarily have to be talking about kebabs, but as I'm sure you can imagine, people tend to make different choices and have different habits around what they choose to eat and drink when they are, you know, had had a few drinks. So the other thing is the associative sort of snacking, which basically means people having things like nuts and crisps in pubs and all that kind of stuff. And also the one that people don't seem to think about too much is the next day. So if you do feel a bit woolly headed and you have had a bit too much, you're much more likely to actually overeat the next day as a way to sort of compensate and make you feel better. So that also can make a massive difference as to you know how many calories you're consuming on average and thus your ability to lose fat. Alcohol itself is actually very calorie dense. So it's seven calories per gram, which is um, just over halfway between a gram of carbohydrate and a gram of fat. That's quite a lot, and because it gives you no satiety, because it's like drinking water, it satiates you as much as that, um, and it tends to come with added ingredients, like in cocktails, or in things like beer and wine and all that kind of stuff that got sugar in them, you can actually take on a lot of calories just through the drinks themselves, let alone all the other stuff that I've just mentioned. It affects the quality of sleep, so if you drink regularly, if you drink weeknights, all that kind of stuff, it can actually reduce your, um, it can reduce the amount of sleep that you're getting, which then, basically start to build a sleep debt cycle. People don't sleep well enough because they've drunk too much or they're drinking regularly. Then they sort of get overtired, they get stressed, and then they fall into the habit of, of fixing that of an evening with another drink and you get into the sleep debt cycle. The other video that I've done on, on sleep will give you the lowdown on why that's a really bad idea for fat loss. Um, but in, a, in essence, it you know makes you more impulsive, makes you hungrier, makes you less satisfied by food, makes you want to eat sweets, all that kind of stuff. From a, also from a recovery perspective, um, you're much less likely to put on muscle mass, you're much less likely to retain muscle mass if you're drinking regularly because of the way that it basically affects your body's ability to recover and also like triggers inflammation in your body. Um, and obviously one of the cons is with health, it pretty much has a negative effect on basically everything. So we wanna be very careful. Now, all of that put together seems really bad, however, all of the things that are on here pretty much can be a sort of accounted for. So for example, with fat gains, you don't have to necessarily, you can still control what you eat, even though your inhibitions are lowered. You don't necessarily have to eat the foods that you might normally do, even though it's a habit. You don't necessarily have to have the snacks. You can get back on it the next day. You don't necessarily have to have like, you know, seven really high sugar cocktails. You can make sure that you actually get to bed on time and make sure you do it. You can make sure that you're eating and drinking well to actually reduce the inflammation and improve recovery. All of these things actually can be controlled and can be moderated for. So that is a really important thing. Now, why is there a Kit Kat in the bottom corner? The reason for that is because, roughly speaking, from a calorie and a sugar perspective, a glass of wine, medium-sized glass of wine, or a pint of beer, both have roughly the same number of calories as a four-finger Kit Kat. So 
One of the things that I want you to think is every time you have a glass of wine, that for the equivalent in terms of your calories and how your body is going to treat the calories that you're eating, you're having a four-finger Kit Kat. So if you have five glasses of wine, you're having five Kit Kats. You might feel that's weird if you drink it eating Kit Kats, or you might be like, okay, I can do that. But that's roughly what I want you to equate it to, because people often forget the amount of calories that are in um, alcoholic drinks. So there are two main camps in terms of where people go wrong with alcohol. You've got one camp, which is basically people that they don't necessarily tend to drink too much in any one time, but they too tend to get into the sort of, I'll have a glass of wine with dinner, I'll have another one afterwards. This happens three, four, five nights a week, maybe more. Um, and actually over the course of a week, they're drinking quite a lot, even though they never really get drunk. The other camp tends to be the people that don't drink too much during the week, but do tend to Friday, Saturday night, go nuts, have a whole ton of drinks, um, and they sort of they they drink too much from that perspective, as you can see in the little letters. You can do both, um, but for the most part, what I see is people fall into one of these these two categories. Now, to reduce weeknight drinking, what I've done is I've put together a pretty simple framework, which uh, will help you to reduce it to a point where you are um, you know you're you're finding the balance in terms of what you want. Everything that we're doing, we're thinking of it from an outcome perspective. So we want you to stay in those parameters that I've given you. I'll give you, obviously, your own parameters in terms of what you should be doing. As long as you're staying within the parameters in terms of results, then you're okay. If you're not and you think this is a problem, then these are the sort of things that you want to implement. So first thing is to start sticking some hard rules in terms of when you do and when you don't drink. So Begin by simply, if you're not aware and you think it might be you're drinking more than you're actually aware of, then start by tracking your alcohol intake. Find out what an average night is. Find out what an average week is. Um, I think for me, for a lot of people in this kind of camp, then the average week is the thing that is really important. And once you've done that, start setting some rules in place. For example, only having a drink, say for example, you do five nights a week, reducing it to three nights a week. Or, for example, on a weeknight, I'll only ever have one rather than say I'll have one glass with dinner and then I'll have one glass afterwards. I actually don't really care so much about that second glass. I'm going to go to one night with one glass with dinner. That kind of thing can actually really take a lot off your alcohol intake so it becomes more moderate. You're still enjoying it and you're actually sort of being able to get the best of both worlds. Either way, what I would suggest that you do is find things that will work for you long term and reduce slowly rather than going from saying, I usually have two or three glasses a night, five or six nights a week, and then going down to having one glass every sort of Saturday and that's it. Because generally speaking, there is a lot of social pressure. There's a lot of stuff tied into alcohol that can make changing drastically quickly uh, very difficult. And so what I would suggest you do is be really diligent, track things week by week and actually reduce incrementally so that you kind of get used to it and you find you find alternative ways around it. The second thing to do is let's, you know, let's just make sure that your environment is supportive of what you're trying to do. And with all habits, if we want to reduce habits, so we want to reduce drinking, we want to make everything about it more difficult. So that means that if you're subscribed to, I don't know, the Sunday Times Wine Club or something, and you've got somebody sending you 12 bottles of wine a month and you're therefore thinking, oh, I've got to drink all this wine, or that kind of thing, then cancel it, right? Having automatic orders of things that you don't want to be drinking as much of into your house is, is madness, okay? So I need like beer subscriptions, wine subscriptions, all this kind of stuff, get rid of it. That would be my advice. Buy it proactively whenever you feel like drinking it rather than having it automatically there and you've got to do something with it. Second thing is 
if you're having things like beers, white wines, anything that needs chilling, keep it out of the fridge. So if you want to drink it, you need to proactively think, I need to put it in the fridge so that it's cold so that I'll enjoy drinking it. And that way you won't necessarily think, oh, there's a bottle in the fridge, it's ready to go, you know, it's all good, that kind of stuff. It will make life a little bit more difficult for you to actually sort of go through the motion. It might make you think and it might just make things a little bit more likely to be successful. But ultimately, the best thing to do if you want to reduce your drinking is don't just habitually keep wine in your house. Don't habitually keep alcohol in your house. And if you're someone who's used to drinking regularly, that may sound what sort of a bit out there. But if it's not in the house, then you won't drink it. And at least having to make the effort to get out of the house to go and get something will at least make you think twice. So please, please do consider that. The last thing is social support. So as I said, alcohol, there is a huge amount of... Um, there's a huge amount of issue regarding other people and sort of peer pressure and social support and who's behind you. Just tell people that you're what you'd like, what you want to do. I'm looking to drink less. I don't want to drink as much, and that will that will help. Ultimately, if they like you, if they're good friends, they'll get on board. Um, and if they're sort of really sort of forcing you to try and drink, then maybe you need to think about the kind of people that you're hanging out with. So, it's um, it's. A really big one it's not necessarily the easiest thing but it can be the thing that makes the most difference if it's a problem and so that's my my framework for drinking less during the week the other thing that we're going to talk about is three strategies to reduce the effect of a night out now this is very different because generally speaking what you're then doing is you're going out to have drinks as opposed to just happening to have a drink and as a result, you will probably drink more in this situation on average than you would do on a random sort of weeknight just to have a little chill out after work or something. So here's, here's, here's what I think you should do. Now, all, all this is applicable, but here's what I think you should do. The first thing to do is to make sure that you're, if you are going to go out and actually go to a party or you're going on a night out or something like that, then make sure that you've actually got enough sleep before you go to that position. Spending the week, um, you know, kind of, struggling your way through the week and kind of getting to Friday and thinking oh, I'm knackered and then going out and then not going back until one in the morning or something obviously I'm talking to you during the middle of a lockdown but whatever and um, then the thing is is that you're you're going to struggle a little bit to actually recover from that because your body's not in a good position prepare some good food for the next day so that you actually have the right things in the house that you want to eat and I would say don't actually do exercise on the same day as the day that you're gonna go out. Now, there's two reasons for this. One is because all it's gonna do is add stress to your body. Alcohol is a poison effectively, and what you're doing is poisoning yourself, and your body responds to it like you've been poisoned. So the less stress that you can put on your body in terms of creating muscle damage, cardiovascular stimulus, you know, oxygen debt, all that kind of thing that you do when you exercise, the quicker you're gonna recover, and actually the quicker you're gonna be able to get back on the straight and narrow, which we're about to talk about in a minute. The other thing is, is that if you're doing things properly, you're exercising to get fitter, stronger, healthier, more mobile, etc. You're not going to recover in a positive way if you go out and you have, you know, have a bunch of drinks in the evening. Okay, you're probably gonna, if anything, just end up where you started. There really is no point in you sort of doing a bunch of exercise and then three hours later going to the pub and having six pints. Okay, there really is no point. So don't bother. Make sure you get hydrated. So make sure that you're going into it in a good place. Eat something before, which is actually good for you to make sure that your body's in a good place. And then this is an optional extra, depending upon how advanced you are with your nutrition, depending on what level you're operating at. Keep your carbohydrates down because one of the big things that triggers people to 
um, overeat when they're drinking is because it messes with your blood sugar. If you keep your carbohydrates low, your blood sugar is likely to be more stable going into it. And as a result, you're less likely to get these big fluctuations. You're also going to hopefully empty out your glycogen stores a little bit, which means that your body is going to actually process that alcohol and that extra sugar that you're eating better. Uh, and so you're, unle you're less likely to put on fat. That is an optional extra. What I would say is make sure you do the first, what is it, five, and make sure those are the big priority. And if you're getting all of those nailed, then, then go for number six. While you're there, I want you to enjoy it. Obviously, that's the whole point. That's why we're doing it. But try and keep food choices normal. So if you would normally not eat a kebab, then don't eat a kebab. Have something which is more normal. Drink low-calorie drinks if you have the option. So, for example, beer and wine cocktails especially are really high in calories. The best thing to do is to actually have a sort of a spirit and diet mixer or soda water or something like that. If it makes no difference to you, as in like if you have a gin and slimline tonic versus if you have a cocktail, you don't really care, then just go for the cheap, go for the lower-calorie one. It's going to basically have less of an effect and you're going to you know enjoy it just as much. If you don't enjoy it just as much at this point, I had to say on the basis that no alcohol is good for you, if you'd rather just have a pint, then have a pint. But if that's an option that works, then, then I think that's a good idea. Last thing is drinking water can help. So just make sure that you have a few extra glasses of water while you're drinking. It makes a big difference um, and it will actually help you to sort of space things out. But again, that's not going to make any huge difference other than how you feel the next day. Okay, next one and last one. And this is actually, for me, this is where the battle is won and lost. And it's getting back on track. Because if you go out for a night out, you wake up a bit fuzzy-headed and you feel a bit bleh and whatever. And then you wake up on a Sunday and then you have a fry up and then you feel a bit sluggish and you sit on the sofa all day and it's kind of like, I don't really care. And then you wake up on Monday and you still don't feel quite right. You don't really get fully back on track till Tuesday or Wednesday or whatever, right? That, that there is where the biggest issue is, is the fact that the drinking isn't the problem. It's the three days following it where you're kind of not really looking after yourself, not really doing things as you should. Do your best to get back on track as soon as you possibly can. So drink a ton of water, okay? I would say a glass of water for every drink that you've had the next day, right? That's a decent sort of average, I would say, go to. Make sure that you have enough fiber, okay? That's really important. That's gonna help keep your digestive system on track. It's gonna help you to basically eliminate toxins. Um, along with the water and make sure that you get enough vegetables because one of the things that we said is inflammation is a big issue post drinking so make sure that you're actually consuming some things with antioxidants in them um, and that are going to actually help to you know get you back on track as quickly as possible sleep obviously important being unconscious for eight hours after drinking is, does not equate to eight hours sleep um, there is no real conversion, but it's really important that you understand that drinking will really negatively affect your sleep. So have a nap the next day, make sure you get to bed early the next day to try and get yourself back on track and do not exercise the day after having been out drinking because it's not gonna do anything other than stress you out. Again, just like before, you're not gonna get any benefit from it. It's just gonna make you more tired. It's just gonna make you more stressed. There is no sweating out, that doesn't really work. Um, just try to relax, try to recover and try to get yourself feeling good again, okay? so. If you can implement all of that, then there should be a, a much sort of easier and, and better understanding of alcohol. So as long as you can stay within the parameters, as long as you can follow these principles, then there's no reason why you can't include it in your diet. You'll be much more consistent because it won't be throwing you off and sending you into a downward spiral all the time like it can do. And it won't be affecting your food choices on a sort of a daily and a, on a weekly basis if you're the sort of the, the consistent sort of a little bit at a time drinker. But... 
The other thing is you're going to be way more in control of your food, you're going to be way more in control of your results, and you're going to be way more in control of your life. So I uh, hope that makes sense. Obviously, if you have any questions, you must must give me a message, let me know. Um, otherwise, I'll, uh, yeah, hope that was good, and I'll speak to you, I'll speak to you soon.